Welcome to This Is My Opinion, a new daily wildcat podcast that raises popular questions and picks the brains of our opinions writers. I'm your host and opinions writer, Lauren Borelli, and I will raise the questions, but let our writers speak for themselves on this weekly show. This week, we're joined by opinions writer Aiden Rhodes and opinions editor Kaylee Cook, and today they'll be talking to us about self-image and the struggles that come with existing in a modern age with media always present at our fingertips. A formal warning to our viewers, we understand that many of you have struggled with self-image and that the content of this episode could potentially be upsetting to some, so please, proceed with caution. This is a very important topic that deserves to be spoken about openly and honestly, and I'm very glad that we have Aiden and Kaylee with us today to talk about it. They're incredibly important topics that are not talked about enough, so please, take it away, Kaylee and Aiden. I'm Kaylee. I'm Aiden. And I want to start us off by talking about a very sensitive issue for a lot of people, and that's like acne and skin problems. I personally have struggled with acne since I was 12, um, so that's been eight years now. And it has been something that I have been really ashamed of for a really long time, um, until very recently. And what made me want to bring this up was I was on iFunny one day, which is a really, really toxic app um, with really awful people on it. Um, And there was a meme that made fun of girls who cover breakouts with makeup. And me being myself and wanting to see some arguments, I went into the comments and I saw a lot of really uneducated people saying really hurtful things about folks with acne and saying things like, if you have acne, just wash your face. It's not that hard. And it really, really made me mad because acne doesn't work that way. And anyone who has ever had any sort of breakout knows that it doesn't work that way. If it did, it wouldn't be such a problem. Acne is not just clean or unclean skin. It's a combination of hormones, of biological factors, and of environmental factors such as stress. And it's defeating in itself. People who have acne are already embarrassed of it, not only because it's painful, but because society tells them to. And then on top of that, to go on to an app for enjoyment and to be ruthlessly made fun of is just incredibly toxic. And I hate the culture around it. So there are two parts of that story that I can corroborate in one way or another. And the first part is that acne is a heck of a lot more complicated than how you take care of your skin because I spend a lot of time outside. I spend a lot of time covered in dirt and I don't put a whole lot of effort into washing my face. I like run my palms over it with some soap on them in the shower when I shower and that's about it. And I've had clean skin for the entirety of my teenage years. I'm not trying to flout that or brag about it. I know that I'm incredibly privileged to have experienced that, but I can certainly attest to the fact that looking at someone with acne and viewing it as a failure on their part is absolutely outrageous. It's not something that comes from not taking care of yourself because if it was, I would have had a significantly different experience. And the second thing I can 
confirm is the societal stigmatization of any sort of skin imperfections, especially on one's face. Like, I don't have acne, but every once in a while, I will wear a mask or a jacket or a pair of sunglasses that causes me to have like a small breakout in some part of my face. And even though it goes away in a few days, every time I look in the mirror while I have it, I'm ashamed of it. And I don't want to post pictures of myself until it's gone. And I don't like looking at it. And I don't want people to see it in public. And even though it's not something I've had to deal with chronically whatsoever, I think it really speaks to the stigmatization of acne and any sort of facial imperfection that I, as someone who don't, but who doesn't struggle with it as a condition, am still incredibly ashamed anytime I experience any sort of breakout. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I feel like that only reinforces my feelings. Like someone who has very clear skin, who doesn't regularly struggle with breakouts, also feeling that uh, fear and that pain and that shame when you do have a breakout only goes to show how awful it is all the time for people with acne. And on top of, like, there's no, there's absolutely no reason that people with acne should be ashamed. The only thing that really truly sucks about acne when you take away societal factors is that usually it's painful. And that's the reason that you should find ways to treat it. But the way that popular media pushes out these DIY at home uh, skincare treatments for blackheads or for oily skin or to even your skin tone that actually may end up harming you is really, really not helpful because it makes skin the enemy when, in fact, when you have acne, your skin is just trying to tell you that something is wrong, that something's out of balance. You shouldn't be attacking yourself for that. Yeah, I think that brings up another really, really powerful point, which is just like anytime you're seeing these these DIY remedies or home remedies or commercials online for uh, acne treatment, obviously, yes, as you say, the the pain is an excellent reason to want to treat acne in whatever way is healthy for you. But by glamorizing this perfectly clear skin through this sort of advertising, it's just further stigmatizing acne and further reinforcing any negative emotions that it brings up for the people that struggle with it. Absolutely. And I also think it really creates an unrealistic standard for clear skin and what, quote, clear skin is. Because there's plenty of, again, air quotes, conditions um, that cause skin not to be one perfect color or one perfect tone. Um, and those are stigmatized along with acne and blemishes. I mean, if people have birthmarks on their faces, they can be shamed for that. If they have any sort of discoloration, um, rosacea, they can be shamed for that. And that is just so toxic and harmful. Um, and I also think that popular skincare routines like proactive are really, really gross because all they are are super 
manufactured, very harmful, very harsh chemicals that you're putting onto a vital organ in order to make it look nicer for other people, which doesn't completely make sense to me. Because when you put proactive on your skin, it does not make it feel better. It makes it burn. Um, and that's not a feeling you should be having. And so I think all of this, all of these products, all of this advertising, all of this social pressure just creates a really bad environment for anyone who struggles with anything to do with skin. Yeah, I think that really, really excellently brings us to what I wanted to talk about today. And that is the fact that social media and the glamorization of certain types of bodies is something that powerfully affects everyone in our population, but is not is not discussed as the universal indiscriminate problem that it is. There's widespread recognition of the fact that social media pushes unrealistic and dangerous and damaging body standards onto women, but as a man who has struggled with and is still in recovery from an eating disorder, I can say that I found remarkably little support for people in my position on social media and remarkably little discussion of eating disorders is something social media furthers from men as well. But it's not hard to understand why. Scroll through some of the most popular people in the fitness sphere on Instagram and you have women in all shapes of size, shapes and sizes really embracing body positivity. But when you go to the men's side of things, it's really consistently guys with bulging biceps, shredded pecs, and six-pack abs. And when you go to when you go to parts of social media that are espousing body positivity, at least in my experience, you come across remarkably little of it aimed at men. And I don't think that that's coming from any sort of intentionality to exclude men from body positivity. I think it comes from a misunderstanding that men aren't experiencing the same warped standards coming from social media that women are. I also, I, I find that really interesting because I read in a textbook for my psychology class that on average um, in TV shows, there will be seven overweight, quote, overweight men to the one overweight woman or something similar to that. And I think that has, that kind of makes me understand why body positivity is more aimed at women. Um, but I do agree that I don't think it's acceptable that there isn't body positivity for men because I think it's much more likely for men who are specifically athletic to experience um, symptoms of eating disorders and develop eating disorders. Um, I, But I think it should still be addressed as much as female eating disorders and female body image issues because I don't think there's a single person in our current society who hasn't doubted their self-worth because of the way they looked. And I think that's a huge problem that everyone should band together and fix with each other, not just women. But I do think it's important that it's addressed for women. 
Absolutely. I understand that the majority of people suffering from eating disorders are women, and the majority of societal stigmatization of bodies happens to women. My concern is that in the face of that reality where women face most of the problem, they become the subject of all of the conversation. Even when I hear other men discussing eating disorders, it's never in the context of men. It's almost always in the context of women. They're seen as quote unquote girls issues. And I think there's a lot of great work being done in the media today and more progressive, more modern media to try to break down some of that stereotype. But I just don't think we've destigmatized men having eating disorders. Women suffer more from stigmatized bodies. But I think men suffer a lot from the stigmatization of having an eating disorder. And something I don't think is really recognized is the disordered patterns in eating that are popularized by a lot of fitness, social media, especially. Like you see people talking about strategies to cut weight, strategies to count calories, strategies to eat as much volume of food as you can for as little calories as possible. And I can't tell you how many times I've scrolled through post after post aimed at men talking about diets so low in calories that they're, you're not you're not losing weight healthfully, you're starving your body. And then when you see the the goal for this diet, the goal is not a healthy, capable human body. It's a human body so devoid of body fat as to be bridging on unhealthy. These people aren't unhealthy, but they are one virus or stomach bug away from being in a really dangerous place. And I just don't think there's enough recognition of the fact that that standard is potentially harmful. I think it's really good that you brought that up because I have also... I actually kind of fell victim to, when I was 15, 16, those, um, those pictures on Instagram that you'd see that are like, here's how to make your day into a thousand calories. Um, and I would follow those. And so now knowing how dangerous that is, um, I think it's really awful that those are still being passed around on Instagram as healthy ways to diet. Um, but I did want to backtrack for a second um, and just ask, when you say men are stigmatized for having an eating disorder, are you saying that men are stigmatized because eating disorders are women's issues and they're seen as weak for having them? That they're being stigmatized for them being women's issues, yes. I'm not sure if I would frame it in weakness. I'm sure that's a part of it and obviously... You can't ignore just the effect of toxic masculinity, discouraging men, talking about any sort of issue that is primarily associated with women. And I think it's just, I think a lot of it comes from this idea that's like sort of spawned out of, I guess I would say gym bro culture to the extent that it can be distilled into that where you have this like, simultaneously competing notion of like slogans like eat big get big eat big <laughs> lift big 
eat for the body you want, not the body you have. But then at the same time, the people that are telling you these things and encouraging you to eat to build your body are so trim and so lean that the only way you get there is through a really, really regimented, unhealthy process. And I come from cycling. I compete at a very high level in the sport. And it's a weight-obsessed sport. There's so much focus placed on your power-to-weight ratio in cycling, which is essentially a measure of your output athletically uh, as measured in the context of your weight. And I've cut to hit race weight before and that's the same type of behavior that's required to have a body that looks like these male fitness influencers and these people pushing these ideologies about how to train and how to eat Mm -hmm. and it is not healthy it is not fun it is going to bed hungry and waking up and training before you eat breakfast and obviously to compete at a really high level you have to be lean and light but In my experience, it is very, very hard to reach that point of leanness and lightness without drifting well past the point where your eating patterns become disordered. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Well, it's really just a great place to work. I'm so glad that I found it, and I hope a lot of other people decide to join too. People can come in from like any background. I'm not a journalism student, but I can still come here and learn how journalism works, learn how newspaper production works, and get a lot out of it regardless of where you come from. But you're so passionate about it, and then the people around you are passionate about it, which just makes you even more passionate about it. You know, it's just like, it's a compound, it's a compound effect. It's crazy. <laughs> was a word from our sponsor. If you're interested in a job at the Daily Wildcat, visit dailywildcat.com slash apply now. We're back with Kaylee and Aiden. I think now would be a good time to talk about what we think a path through this for people who are struggling with it would be. Um, so I can go first. Um, for me with struggling with skin problems and dealing with the stigma that society puts on having skin issues. Um, I really, really struggled at the beginning of quarantine because all I had to do every day was get up and look at how bad my skin looked. I had no reason to put makeup on. I had no reason to feel good about myself at that time, I thought. Um, But the less... I thought about what other people were thinking, and the more I thought about my skin, um, as it was telling me something was wrong and something needed to change, the more I felt like I developed a cooperative relationship with it. I completely stopped using um, anything with the recommended uh, salicylic acid or any chemical products um, that weren't from essential oils. And I have not had burning skin in a really long time, which is fantastic. 
Um, and I'm actually making a lot of progress. And so I think for me, the best advice I can give people who are really struggling with acne is to remember that the only reason your skin has to be your enemy is because society tells you it has to be that way. But really, no one you want to be in your life is going to judge you for having breakouts. Everyone who is worth being around will understand and respect you and support you. Um, and that's been my experience and it's been a very positive one. Um, so even when I do get breakouts, I don't get angry. I don't hate myself. I just deal with it accordingly and move forward. And I think that's been really amazing in helping me recover from having such a hateful relationship with my skin. I think the biggest piece of advice that I would offer to anyone, male or female, struggling with an eating disorder or looking at your body in the mirror and thinking that it's not good enough is to try to frame your perception of your body and your appearance in capacity and not appearance. So what that means for me is focusing on a body that's capable of climbing mountains and riding my bike a lot and going for runs and hikes and being strong and resilient because none of those things have anything to do with the way that your body looks. You can be incredibly strong without having big muscles or defined muscles. You can be incredibly fast without having 4% body fat. You can be a human remarkably capable of enjoying the world on your terms, no matter how you look. And I think the other big thing that I really want to put out there to go towards reframing the conversation we have about eating disorders is to encourage everyone, men and women alike, to discuss their eating disorders so far as they're comfortable doing so with anyone who's willing to. So if you're a man out there who is recovering from an eating disorder or suffering from an eating disorder, don't be afraid to engage with women who have struggled with eating disorders or fellow commenters on a post about body positivity focused towards women because what it will take for a more balanced response to these issues across people of every gender is a conversation in which people of every gender that experience this are participants. And it's not this narrative that I've experienced in my recovery now and that I experienced while I was suffering from an eating disorder in which there's incredibly supportive communities that can feel very, very hard to break into if you find yourself different from them in one way or another. And while I am white, I know that I have heard from people of color that that is another line across which discussion of treatment of and acceptance for the prevalence of eating disorders is troubling. So I think that going forward, if we 
as individuals can make a commitment to be open about our disorders when we are comfortable doing so with a diverse population of people, we will be able to create a whole community of people, all of whom who have struggled with this, that lacks dividing lines such as race or gender. This podcast is brought to you by the Opinions Desk at the Daily Wildcat. Online all the time at dailywildcat.com and Arizona Student Media. A special thank you to everybody involved in this project, including Opinions Editor Kaylee Cook, Managing Editor and Producer Pascal Albright, the Opinions Desk, and of course to you, our listeners. For more content from the voices you heard today, visit the Opinions section of the Daily Wildcat. There, you can find a story like Aiden's latest about moving forward from this election and what we should expect to see from our president-elect. Follow the Daily Wildcat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Daily Wildcat. To submit ideas for future topics for the show, email storyideas at dailywildcat.com with the subject, This Is My Opinion Podcast Ideas. This has been This Is My Opinion, a Daily Wildcat podcast. Mm-hmm.